My guest today is one of the most talented writers in our community. She also happens to be one of the funniest and the nicest. Lucy Bexley, welcome and thanks for joining me. Thanks so much for having me. I hope I can live up to any of those things you just said about me. Your recent book, No Strings, is now one of my all-time favorites. How does one sit down to write and outcomes, puppet sex jokes, and is there a date for an audiobook release? Okay, so great news on the audiobook front. I personally didn't have the date, but someone who was excited about the audiobook told me that the release date is May 31st. So I actually just learned that a couple of hours ago. Oh, wow. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because um, Tantor bought the audio rights and they just don't communicate very well. Like after you sign the contract, you don't hear that much from them. So I didn't know the release date, but (laughs) now I do. And who's narrating that book? Abby Creighton. (laughs) Ah, there you go. (laughs) Yes. I'm very excited. I think she did a really good job with Muscle of Silence. So yes, she did. She was the yeah. narrator for that book. Uh, she's perfect for every book I've heard her do. I haven't encountered any that haven't been awesome. So, How do you sit down and write oh. a puppet sex joke? Oh, yeah. <laughs> puppet sex jokes. I don't know. So um, my favorite puppet sex joke in the book is um, the hand stuff joke. That's my all-time favorite. Um, I wrote that like very early on in the book and then had to write a scene around the joke. So generally, I just like come up with weird jokes or weird scenarios, and then I write entire scenes or chapters <laughs> around that joke. Well, it was fabulous. Well, thank you. Yeah, I love, um, it's pretty easy, though, I think, for me, if I have a specific topic, to write a handful of jokes about that topic. No pun intended. Handful. A handful. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, for um, Melina Mackay's The Delicate Things We Make, she asked me to write circus jokes for it. So I wrote her a bunch of circus jokes for that book. I'm listening to the audiobook. Oh, so good. Ah, yeah, she based um loose off of me. I we talked at her and I and she's gonna put me in one of her books. Yeah, yeah. you should do it. Apparently she won't give people she knows like sex scenes. And I'm like, Well, what's the why? I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand why you wouldn't yeah, write me into explicit sex scenes. Right. Maybe not explicit. I mean, fade to black, anything, just a little something. I'd like some action in a book. (laughs) In a book. (laughs) Must Love Silence is a book that stays with you long after you finish reading it. Have we seen the last of Reese and Arden? Oh, this is such a hard question. Um, I've gotten it a few times. I don't know. I don't have another specific story plan for them, but I'm definitely open to writing more. Um, Arden makes some cameos in other books. she doesn't know strings, actually. They're reading um, an Arden Abbott book in No right. Strings. Yeah, I remember that. Um, I don't know. I really want to write a Judith love story. That's like what I really want to do. So I could see them playing a role in, in a Judith book. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, I love Judith. Speaking of Judith, <laughs> <laughs> how much fun was she to write? And who would you want to play her in a movie adaptation? Okay, so she was so much fun to write. And also, I definitely cried while writing her. Um, You know, there's this moment where she's um, talking to Reese kind of near the end of the book and just being like so open and so loving. Yeah. And I just like, I don't usually make myself cry. I think that's the only time I've cried while while writing um, 
I just loved it. Like her sort of like compassion. Cause it doesn't, it seems like she's kind of a busybody at first, but actually she just really cares. And okay. So when I was writing her, I was thinking of um, Carol Kane. I don't oh. know if you know that actress, but <laughs> she plays the neighbor in Kimmy Schmidt also. So she's sort of like this kooky neighbor who's always showing up at Kimmy's place. So I think she, I think she would be a really good Judith and um, Judith in the book, you know, sort of had that like talk show on air for many years. So I think she's got a good personality for that too. That's right. And she was in um, that one movie that I really like that one. You remember that movie? That one. I know. I know that movie. It's, it's, I really like it. <laughs> it's, it's the one I really like. It's with Wesley and Buttercup, the princess pride. Oh, princess pride. I yeah. actually do really like that movie. <laughs> I haven't seen it in a long time, though. Well, I just think you should rectify that. You can see Carol. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know who she is. Right? Yeah. She was married to Billy Crystal. Yeah. Okay. I'll have to watch it. Darby from the Bright Side is ridiculously cheerful, which normally annoys the shit out of me. But in her, I find it quite adorable. Are you more of a Darby or an Astrid or a combo? Whew. Okay, so let me just say I actually agree with you. Usually super cheerful people right. make me so angry. Um, and I <laughs> angry. think it's when people are like, well, when people are like relentlessly cheerful and they don't sort of like give you any space to have any other feelings. Like, do you know people who are always sort of doing like a silver lining? Like no matter what's going on in your life, they're presenting you a silver lining. I feel like those um, people inherently are depressed and sad and they're just trying to cover it up by overly cheerfulness. I actually think you probably have a point there. Um, but I think with with Darby, I liked that it was a choice she was making to sort of um, like intentionally have a happy life. It's so and weird. <laughs> I know. Who would do that? A monster. Um, <laughs> uh, it's. I don't know. I think I'm kind of both of them. Um, I don't know if you and I have talked about this, but um, I actually have bipolar too. So I have like sort of depressive episodes and then manic episodes. And so I think when I wasn't on any medication, I was definitely sort of both of them, just never at the same time. And now I think I'm more of a combo. Yeah, I, I'm probably more of an Astrid, except I have more than five shirts. I have more than five shirts, but almost all of my shirts are plain white shirts or plain black shirts. Hmm. We need maybe get some color in there. <laughs> I wouldn't wear it. I don't know. Okay, let me show you. I'm in a black hoodie and a dark gray <laughs> shirt. <laughs> I've got a purple, but with like, yeah, like these neon yellow. Green. Yeah, neon green bright. yellow thing. Yeah. Yeah, you're in a lot of color. A lot? A lot. Like yeah, A lot. It's so much color. I'm sorry. I'm blinding you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I'm like that, but I think it makes it easier for me to get dressed. So I just... I stick with it. It works. You got to do you, boo. Yeah, definitely. And me is um, almost no decisions if I can help it. That's how I like to live <laughs> my life. <laughs> That's handy. Yeah. What are you currently writing? Oh, okay. So I'm currently writing this book. I'm very excited about it. It is a Coyote Ugly rewrite. Ooh. It's called Howl. And it's part of like a pride collection project that's going to be coming out at the end of May. Yeah, I'm very excited about it. And it takes place in like a struggling queer bar in Boston. And so it's been, and I live in Boston. I haven't based many stories here. And so it's been very fun to sort of like base a, base a Boston story. And I remember like when I moved to Boston and 
I was so shocked by how mean people are. <laughs> now, now I think it's just like how they are, you know. Um, but I grew up in the Midwest, and so I moved to Boston from Michigan, and I was just shocked by it. <laughs> like, you know, at the grocery store, like even the person like scanning your groceries doesn't acknowledge you. It's just like a very strange thing. It's a very um, Eastern. Yeah. Yeah. I've adapted to it, but it, it took me a while. I think I'd be like, yeah, because everybody here wants to talk to you. I'm still in the Midwest and that's what they do. And I have that face. Everybody wants to be my friend. Yeah, exactly. So I was just um, home in Michigan for like five weeks taking care of my grandma. And when I was there, I had so many conversations <laughs> that I like never have in Boston. It's like the people behind me in line, the cashier, <laughs> like the guy at the gas station. So I just felt like, like I was constantly having conversations. You're like, I got to get back to Boston. I need peace and quiet. Yeah, I was like, I cannot, this cannot continue. <laughs> okay, you've been cast in a lesbian reboot of The Golden Girls with Bryce Oakley and Stephanie Shea. What characters are each of you playing and who would be cast as the remaining character? Okay, I, this is the question I've been thinking about the most. Um, <laughs> and it's funny because I actually conferred with Bryce on this. I, she told me that. Oh, did she? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So did she tell you what I thought about it too? or just it, She said that her? you you may both be the same character. Yeah. So I think um, we would both be Dorothy. And I imagine us playing it like Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen played the role on Full House. So oh, nice. we're just sort of like switching off scenes. Wow. Dorothy, huh? Yeah. All I right. think so. Because we both have sort of like a dry sense of humor. Um, you know, it is a missed opportunity to not say Betty White, for sure. But her character on the show is just kind of like, so like, sweet, almost like a wide eyed sweet. I just don't think that's either of us. <laughs> so that's kind of a cheat, because then we're both one character. Um, I think Steph, who has never seen an episode of the Golden Girls, what? which I suspected. Oh, my I gosh. Suspected it. Um, I think she would be Sophia. I remember this one time, I was visiting Bryce in Colorado and we did a video chat with Steph and I forget what Bryce and I were talking about. Um, but generally together, Bryce and I are just, we just feed off of each other. So it can either be like really great or we're, you know, conspiracy theories all the way. <laughs> so at one point Steph like interrupted us and just said, you two are the worst. <laughs> so that's why I think Steph would be Sophia probably. Because I think Sophia's always like a little annoyed with the antics, like tolerates them, loves them, is a little annoyed. Oh, she's a, a lot annoyed, which is kind of yeah. like, I'm I'm like a combo of her and Betty White, because I have right. that Midwestern naivete yeah. with that, that like snarky, like, oh, just so over you people. But in college, I probably would have been a little bit of a, a, a Rue McClanahan. Yeah, I was Rue. I was just being a little flirt. Oh, yeah. Just a casual Blanche. I think I said Rose before, but I meant Blanche. That's okay. Yeah, just a casual Blanche. Great. That's who I had you down as. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you have me down as Blanche? Yeah. I'm on your crew, right? Remember. Yeah, you're part of it. That's right. Um, so that still leaves Rose open, though. Oh, boy. Who do we think would be a good Rose? I think Lily Seabrook might be a really oh, good Rose. I, I can see that. adore Lily, the kindest, most supportive friend. So she's amazing. She'll send me messages and just be like, Hey, just wondering how you're doing. I know. <laughs> like, just like an endless capacity for kindness. I, I know. I wish I had that. Yeah. She's really, really lovely. That's going to be a great show. I think I'll, I'll get on the horn with somebody. Yes. Yeah, so why don't you set that up? Okay. If we do your Patreon, we'll record a pilot. <laughs> That's right. 
Tell me the story of how you and your wife met and did you woo her with any of your smooth pickup lines? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, okay, so <laughs> how we met is I had moved to Boston and generally was just kind of having a hard time. I didn't really know anyone here. And one day I posted on Facebook something about Boston and the snow we were having. And my friend from high school's mom responded to me and she was like, I didn't know you were in Boston. Stephanie, who's my friend from high school, is also there. I'm going to set you two up. So my friend's mom from high school set me and my friend Stephanie up on like a friend date. And it just so happened that Stephanie was in a graduate program with Greta. And one night, Stephanie took me as like her guest to a dinner party at Greta's house. And how she described Greta to me as was as a great resource for the LGBTQ community (laughs) in Boston. So that paired with the name Greta, I was like, oh, she's probably like 50 or 60, you know, like, and then I get there and like, no, not at all. (laughs) Like she's the same age as me, which was very shocking. Um, And then also Greta prepared a meal that made me so sick. Um, (laughs) So I like can't really eat peppers because they make me really sick. And she had made this chili that was just full of peppers. Um, But also I'm Midwestern, so I eat chili. (laughs) because I was a guest at someone's house (laughs) and then proceeded to just get really ill. I actually have no idea how I wooed her. Um, I guess I think I'm just nice to be around. (laughs) I I remember like on one of our first dates, she asked me if I wanted to go hiking. And because I'm from Michigan, to (laughs) me, hiking is like a nice walk through the woods. Greta took me to the White Mountains in New Hampshire and it was so hard. <laughs> I remember we were driving there and she was like, did you let someone know where you'll be just in case anything happens and we oh don't make it back? And I was like, what? Like, where would we be going? That would make me think I, she was going to kill me. I thought she might. Um, <laughs> I had an asthma attack on the mountain. I honestly don't know how we made it. Cause like our first couple experiences were just like me getting really sick, me having an asthma attack. Wow, you could just die. True. I could have died on a, on a mountain. I should have let someone know where I was going. <laughs> it's funny though. Cause like, even now we're still sort of like that. Like I'm very introverted. Like I love to read. I'm pretty quiet. And Greta can spend all day outside. Like she'll go to yoga in the morning and then she'll come home and go for a run. And then she'll want to like take the dog for a hike. And then she wants to like go walk around town. And it's like, I love her, but I'm, I'm not doing all of that. (laughs) Like I'll leave the house once, maybe if you're lucky. Yeah. Today I was like, we can walk around downtown. That's what I'm doing. (laughs) We're going to get in shape. So we're going to start hiking. And I think tomorrow we're going to the driving range, which is, I'm not great at that. I'm not a golfer per se, but I like to smack the hell out of balls. So I should be fine. Who who doesn't? It's an American (laughs) pastime. If you had a month to travel the world, and I know you don't like to leave the house, so just go with me, where would you go? Um, I don't like to leave the house. Uh, (laughs) I'd probably go to Rome. I've always really wanted to go to Rome. Oh, see, that's Um, a nice place. I'm fascinated with ancient Rome. Um, A book I'm writing, not, not this one, not the Howell one, but after that is going to be like two classicists, so... And part of it will take place in Rome, hopefully. Oh, nice. If I can get my act together and go there. I think you can. I have faith in you. 
I think I can. <laughs> I actually like uh, lost my passport near the beginning of the pandemic and haven't gotten it replaced. So I've got to do that. Well, at least it was a good time to lose it. It's true, but we um, drove to Michigan recently and it's so much faster to go through Canada, like many hours oh. faster. And I couldn't because I can't cross the border. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to get back. You'd be stuck in Canada. Yeah, I thought Greta was maybe going to murder me, but we made it. Nah, she won't. I mean, she hasn't so far. Yeah, she hasn't so far. And she's had opportunities. See, I think you'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> what was your first music concert? Oh, um, Bare Naked Ladies with my entire family. Oh, wow. That's yeah. family bonding. It's family bonding. Um, it was at this place that was like, it's like an outdoor concert venue in Michigan. And it's got like all of this grass you can sit on and then seats up close. But we just sat on the grass and it was so much fun. I was a huge Bare Naked Ladies fan growing up because my stepdad was a huge Bare Naked Ladies fan. So nice. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Mine was Barbara Mandrell. And I don't, you probably don't know who that is. I don't know who that yeah. is. She's a country singer, or she was. Yeah, it was in the 80s. Nice. We're going to see Lucinda Williams this summer. Oh, very classy. I am. I love Lucinda Williams. Nice. We were going to go see Colby Calais. Oh, yeah. But then it got um, postponed. And I had mm -hmm. front row seats. I got I got them for my, my partner for Christmas. Oh, no. I know. I was, it was, I was so proud of myself. And yeah, I don't, yeah. Know. I don't know if they're going to reschedule it, but... I still get the points for, you know, thoughtful gifts. You did it, though. Yeah, yeah, I did. You still did it. I shelled it out. Big big cash, man. Big cash. So, <laughs> so much cash you can't even imagine. You, I can't even talk about it on the air. Basically like a million dollars. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> Who are your favorite lesbian couples from other authors' books? Ooh, good question. Um, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so impressed with your questions. Thank you. I uh, wrote them myself. Yeah, you did. You didn't outsource this. No, I didn't. Um, okay, so I think Val and Jen from Chef's Kiss by Stephanie Shea. Yes. I don't usually get like crushes on characters. Like, I love reading less books. I love like the character development. I enjoy the sex scenes, but I don't usually get crushes on anyone. Mm. I have such a crush on Jen Coleman. <laughs> Same. But it is an outsized crush. Like same. And I, I'll tell Steph that too. I'll be like, oh my God, I love yeah, her. I'm actually kind of in love with her. I'm like, <laughs> is she actually is she in San Francisco? Could we find out? Yeah. Is she based on a real life person that, you know, we could make our woman? Yeah. Steph has not confirmed any of this for me, but mm -hmm. it would be good to know. So yes, Jen and Val, but mostly for Jen. <laughs> Just if we're being honest. And then I really liked um, Margot and Liv in Count Your Lucky Stars, Alexandria Belfort. Um, yeah, I just like, you know, I think that they were both like surprisingly emotionally mature. Um, and that's one of the things I really love about her books is I think characters sort of come to these points and they have the chance to either be emotionally mature or like very immature. Mm -hmm. And she almost always picks emotionally mature in a way that's like, surprising and like really comforting um and i love that dynamic with margo and Liv, and also their chemistry was really good yeah really good yeah she's very good at that as she a writer is. it's it's impressive and she's very funny too like she does a really good job like balancing like character development humor and like really steamy scenes yeah just like you 
oh my gosh. I mean, <laughs> I don't feel that way, but thank you. Yeah, it's like I know what's happening, so nothing's surprising to me. Thanks for joining me today, Lucy. It's been a lot of fun, and I look forward to our next chat. Yeah, me too. Thanks so much, Lou. Thanks for listening, and thanks again to Lucy for joining me today. For links to purchase her books, visit lucybexley.com, and you can follow her on Twitter at Bexley underscore Lucy. Here's a preview of our Would You Rather game available to my Patreon subscribers at patreon.com slash sapphic book review pod. Until next time, happy reading. Would you rather have to high five strangers you pass on the street or hug everyone in the grocery store? High five strangers on the street. (laughs) Um, Our dog passed away and then we got this new dog. And everyone stops me anyway, because she is very cute. So I'm already talking to everyone on the street. So I would just high five them. Yeah, I think I'd hug people. Just just for the the sheer store. Yeah, just for the sheer shock of seeing what they would do when I just started hugging them. Yeah. I mean, granted, if they're dirty, I'm not going to hug them. Or if they look sketchy, like they've got bodies in the basement, not hugging those people. But like old, old ladies, I'd hug them. Yeah, I mean, I do think this is maybe like a cultural difference, too, because I could see myself hugging people in a grocery store in Michigan. <laughs> I think if I tried it in Boston, yeah, it might not I, go very I, well. I, I, I only survived the one trip to the grocery <laughs> store. But just think if we were in the grocery store and Jen Coleman was there, you'd hug her. Oh, my gosh. I'd hug her. I'd actually um, I'd do a vow move where I just like trip into her <laughs> and then she has to catch me. Nice. Very smooth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It would be. Would you rather be known for your intelligence or your good looks? Uh, my intelligence, I think. I'm shallow. I go good looks. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I'm like, I mean, preferably both. Hopefully people are already admiring both of these things. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I think, I think intelligence, though, which is probably why I'm a writer. Hmm. <laughs> Some people are just reading my words and not not looking at me. Yeah. I'm, well, I don't write anything. So I, I, I want to be shallow and I want people to go, damn, for almost 50, she's all right. Yeah. I mean, they will say that when they watch our pilot episode of Golden Girls. <laughs> That's right.